The portion of God's word that we're going to spend a few minutes focusing our attention on this morning comes from the Gospel of John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of our Lord. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What's the most peaceful thing you can think of? For, for me, it's, it's sitting on, on a dock on a Northwoods lake, reading a book, or, or just sitting there watching the kids swim and, and listening to the, the waves lapping up against the side of a boat up against the shore. Maybe for you it's a hike in a, in a state forest on a beautiful spring or early summer day. Maybe, maybe for you it's that, that fall or, or winter or spring getaway to a, a real warm place. Somewhere where it's 80 and sunny and there's palm trees swaying in the breeze as you lie on the beach. What's peaceful for you? Maybe for you it's, it's simply sitting down in a quiet place and opening up the Word of God and reading Psalm 23. I'm not sure there's anything a, a whole lot more peaceful than that. Take a listen to Psalm 23 with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You think King David was at peace when he wrote that? I think so. I think so. The Lord is my shepherd. God himself is guiding me through this life. I shall not be in want. Can you think of times when, when you've been content? I hope you can. I hope there's been times recently when you've been content. Content with the things you have. That, that's a time of peace, isn't it? But when you look at the things around you, the, the things that God has blessed you with, the people that you are with, the places you are, and you're just at peace, thankful for all that God has given you, never being in want. What a peaceful place to be that is, right? He restores my soul. You and I know what it's like to have a guilty conscience, to feel terrible about some sin that we've committed in the past, a sin that we're fighting all the time. David says, he restores my soul. He gives me peace again. He, he takes away the, the guilt and the pain. David talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, a dark, gloomy picture, and yet he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, using your rod, your staff, to guide me, to discipline me, to keep me going in the direction that I need to go. That brings me comfort as I go through life's challenges. And then finally, the, the, the very end. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David was at peace. When I read that psalm, I am at peace. But in the text we just listened to, when we got to see this picture of Jesus' disciples in a room with the doors locked, afraid of the Jewish leadership, they were not at peace. Not at all. Can you imagine the, the roller coaster of emotions that they had been on? From, from Palm Sunday, when they're going into Jerusalem with Jesus, hearing the shouts of praise, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Praise and song and palm branches and coats lining the road before him. Glorious praise to their teacher, their friend. A few nights later, they're celebrating a, a very sentimental meal, the, the Passover meal, a meal that they would have celebrated in their homes with their fathers year after year after year as children, a meal that would have been tied to so many good memories and now a meal that they're enjoying with Jesus. And more than that, he instituted this new meal where they got to eat bread that was also his body and drink wine that was also his blood for the forgiveness of all of their sins. But then 
the good memories start to fade. They sing a hymn. That would have been, been fun, but then they go out to the Mount of Olives and next thing you know, Jesus is arrested and stands trial and the cover of darkness, a sham is what it was. I, I bet they were a little frustrated about how that all happened. And then, as if no time at all had passed, one, one minute they're, they're in, a, in a room enjoying a meal with Jesus. The next minute, he's hanging on a cross, dying. John was there. He saw it. He saw Jesus suffering. He saw him die. He saw the, the soldiers thrust that spear into Jesus' side after he had passed and saw the blood and the water separated flow from his side. They knew Jesus was dead. And they knew why he was dead. They knew why the Jews had done all they had done. They, they hated him and his following and his teachings. And they were the ones following him. They were the ones who, in theory, would be teaching what he had been teaching, right? So do you think the thoughts were running through their minds? What if they want to kill us too? To, to really stamp out this this teaching? What if they want to get rid of his followers? What if they want to get rid of us? What if they come for us under the cover of darkness? We better, better lock the door. I'm not so sure that we have a hard time identifying. I've never been one who, who feels like i got to lock all the doors at night, I've always been blessed to, to live in fairly safe places. It's not always the case. Sometimes we, we need to lock our doors because of where we live. There's danger. Maybe you know what that's like, to lock your door out of fear. Right now we are in our houses, not in church. For, for many, they are in their homes afraid, afraid of this virus, afraid of what it might do to them, afraid of what it might do to others. I hope you're not afraid as you sit in your home, but, but maybe you're a little uneasy. There's a lot of uncertainty around. Just like there was uncertainty for Jesus' disciples, uncertainty about jobs, uncertainty about futures. Who knows if this country will ever be the same again? Who knows what it'll be like for your children, for your grandchildren? What kind of impact is this going to have on our lives, this virus? I'm not sure we know yet. Surely you can relate to what it's like to have some uncertainty about tomorrow. The disciples had that. They, they were afraid, uncertain at best. The doors are locked. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be sitting in that room after having ridden the roller coaster of emotions that they just rode, and then all of a sudden have Jesus standing there. Peace be with you. He doesn't come in guns ablazing. He doesn't come in pointed finger, wagging it at them, saying, What are you doing? How dare you be so scared? No. He comes to those who need peace and he says, peace be with you. Not once, but twice. And I, and I wonder if the second one ha has to do with the fact that they're now trying to, 
figure out what's going on. The, the first piece was, you're afraid, you're uncertain, be at peace. The second one was dealing with the shock of seeing Jesus. Be at peace. Peace be with you. What an incredible moment that must have been. To see the, the once crucified and dead Jesus now alive. Right in front of their eyes. They see him, but more than that, they, they could touch him. They can put their, their fingers where the nail marks were and, and into his side where the spear pierced him. Man, can you imagine how amazing that would have been to, to have words of peace spoken to you by your Savior himself? My heart really goes out to Thomas. It always has. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be him? The first time he got to talk to the disciples after they saw Jesus, and they're all excited, and he's not. And they're telling him, Jesus is alive. We saw him with our eyes, and, and we touched him. He's alive. And Thomas says, I didn't see him. I didn't touch him. Unless I see him more than that, Unless I see him and touch him, place my fingers, it, it, the Greek word is like throw. Unless I throw my finger into the place where the nails were and thrust my finger into the side where the spear went, I won't believe. No peace for Thomas. No peace for Thomas on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The other disciples had peace. He didn't. Until Jesus shows up a week later. This time Thomas is there. And, and what does Jesus do? Get right up in Thomas's face? No. Peace be with you. Thomas, put your finger here. Put your fingers here. Put your hand into my side. Stop doubting. And believe. My Lord and my God. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be those disciples, including Thomas, to have the Son of God and Son of Man come into their presence and bring them peace? That's what this was all about. Everything Jesus had done coming down from heaven, being born a little baby, walking in our shoes for 33 years, perfectly obeying his Father, suffering the punishment that we deserve for our sins, dying this horrible, gruesome death, suffering the pains of hell itself as he's separated from his Father, rising from the dead. It was all to bring you peace. It was also Jesus could show up in that locked room to, to men who were terrified and say, peace be with you. So he could show up to Thomas the next week and say, peace be with you. It was so he could come to you and to me in his word and say, peace be with you. Your sins are forgiven. You are at peace with your God, it was so that ministers like myself 
could stand in front of you and say as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when I say that to you, when I say I forgive you all your sins, what does Jesus say? He says it's as if I was forgiving your sins right there. It's as if I came to you and said, peace be with you. When you sin against each other in your homes and you come to each other and say, I'm sorry, and then you get to say, I forgive you. It's as if Jesus was standing right there saying, peace be with you. That's what this is all about. Jesus is all about peace. When he was born, what did the angels sing? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. What did David say? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, but not until I'm dead. Right now, I'm here. And what did David say while he was here? He said, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, guiding me through this life, leading me to, to quiet green pastures and leading me beside quiet waters. This peace is not just a peace that you're going to get to enjoy one day when you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, you'll get to experience it then. But it's peace that you get to enjoy right now. You have a shepherd who is alive guiding you through this life. You have brothers and sisters in Christ who get to forgive your sins. I get to forgive your sins and you get to forgive mine. We get to come to each other as if Jesus himself were coming to us and say, I forgive you. That's how certain our peace is. That's how certain our forgiveness is. Jesus really did die for the sins of the world and he really did rise. He really is alive. You are at peace with God now and forever. So be at peace. Hear Jesus' words. Peace be with you. Amen.